0: Hey, everybody. I'm Maria Sansone, and this is Mom to Mom, the podcast. So glad you're listening today because we are talking about something that is such a buzzword, possibly overused, um, but something that is definitely on my mind a lot and definitely comes up in my mom chats and my group chats with my girlfriends. The word of the day is anxiety. Anxiety. It seems like we all have it. It seems like we're all dealing with it. We all have anxiety on a low-key level or whatever. Um, but what if I told you that anxiety is actually a good thing, a gift even? Well, that is just one of the things that my guest today is going to share with us. Dr. Wendy Suzuki is a professor of neuroscience and psychology at NYU. She's also the author of two books, one called Happy Brain, Happy Life, and her latest book, Good Anxiety. So we are going to take a deep dive into how anxiety can be a good thing, how anxiety is a necessary thing, and how... Most importantly, we can channel that anxiety to make it our superpower. And Wendy and I are both going to reveal how our anxiety has become our superpower. So listen for that and let's take a deep dive into our brains. Uh oh, with Dr. Wendy Suzuki. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. So happy to be here, Maria. I'm so happy to have you here. This is um, something we've covered a lot of topics on mom to mom but we haven't really gone deep into the brain. And this is your space. This is your line Absolutely. of work. How did yes. you get interested in brain plasticity?
1: Well, the very first day of my freshman year at UC Berkeley, I walked into a freshman seminar class. Uh, and it happened to be taught by the woman who discovered brain plasticity. Her name was Marion Diamond. And she basically enthralled me that very first day about the brain and the amazing capacity that the human brain has to change its circuitry in response to the environment. That is the definition of brain plasticity. And ever since that day, I wanted to be a neuroscientist just like her. And here I am. And here you
0: are. And one of the things you talk about is the impact of exercise on the brain. And when I initially saw this, I thought, oh, exercise is for our brains. You're talking about exercise, exercise, and how important it is.
1: Physical exercise. So I say that moving your body is the most transformative thing that you can do for your brain today. Why? Because every single time you move your body, you are releasing a whole bunch of neurochemicals, beneficial neurochemicals in your brain, including serotonin, Dopamine, noradrenaline, endorphins, growth factors. Wow. This not only makes you feel good, you want well, you want a dopamine and serotonin to make you feel good, but those growth factors help the brain grow, particular parts of the brain uh, grow. And I like to say that every time you move your body, it's like giving your brain a wonderful bubble bath
0: mm. of neurochemicals. And we're not talking about necessarily going and lifting tons of weights at the gym or being a marathon runner. How do you define exercise that's beneficial for the brain?
1: So um, I define it based on the studies that are out there. People often ask me, you know, what is the minimum amount of (laughs) movement that I need to do to get brain benefits? And I could have, I could answer that question for you. The minimum amount of movement is 10 minutes of walking. You don't even have to change out of your street clothes to get 10 minutes of walking. And what does that do for you? That is decreasing anxiety and depression levels significantly. So that is what you get from just a 10 minute walk.
0: Wow, so helps with anxiety, helps with depression. Are there other benefits that you have seen in your studies um, just Absolutely. from exercise.
1: Absolutely. Exercise, and of course, you can move your body for 10 minutes, you can move it for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, the the uh, effects that are most prominent are improved uh, mood first, uh, improved ability to shift and focus your attention. Your prefrontal cortex right behind your forehead is very, very sensitive to your level of movement. And uh, many studies have shown that um, uh, you can exercise for between 10 and 30 minutes and significantly improve your ability to pay attention to what you need to pay attention to. All my students out there, that's what you need, all my workers out there, That's what you need. And uh, with long term exercise, that is when you start getting the um, growth of brand new brain cells in a brain structure called the hippocampus, which is critical for our ability to learn and retain new information for facts and events.
0: Interesting. So we're kind of talking now about memory and attention and things like that. So just 10 minutes of exercise can help with all of those things.
1: 10 minutes of exercise has significant effects on your mood, and you need a little bit more exercise. 30 minutes to 45 minutes have been shown to be effective to have immediate benefits on your prefrontal cortex. Unfortunately, you don't grow cells like mushrooms in your brain. That takes a little bit more uh, um, uh, extended effort. Studies in my lab have shown that low-fit people that are exercising less than 30 minutes a week, if you up that to three times a week of 45 minutes of exercise, you get significant improvements in uh, your your forms of memory that are dependent on the hippocampus. We didn't measure specifically new brain cells, but your hippocampal and your memory functions got better.
0: I actually didn't realize that you could build new brain cells. I kind of thought as you got older, at best we were losing
1: brain cells from
0: all the things that we've done. Um, Right. So this is good news that that can be rebuilt. Um, I want to ask you about baby brain being that we're mom to mom. I know a lot of Mm us um, go through this period of postpartum. And is that a thing? Is that a real thing that that we are feeling so spacey and so overwhelmed and that we can't hold a thought and memory seems to be diminished? Um, Is baby brain science based?
1: absolutely absolutely and it goes back to i told you about what happens when you move your body you get a bubble bath of neurochemicals Mm -hmm. that are beneficial for your brain and and make you feel better and happier well you're also getting a different kind of bubble bath with with all of the hormones and all of the uh, kind of physiological changes that happen when you have a baby. That's a huge physiological kind of feat that all of you moms out there have done. It does change your neurochemical uh, balance. Uh, it's doing some good things. It's some of those neurochemicals, like oxytocin, is helping you bond with your new little baby, and that is so important for social. And, and for the you know uh, um, survival of our species, but there's also stress that goes up. There's sleep deprivation that uh, isn't so great for for that neurochemical bubble bath. But yeah. that is the cause of of the differences that happen, and it's it's really happening all the time. But certainly um, that is changes in brain neurochemistry. But having a baby, certainly that, that the, the few weeks after you've had it is a moment when a lot of your, uh, neurochemicals are changing and that is the basis for, for baby brain.
0: That makes so much sense. Cause there's so much happening physiologically in your body and in yeah. your environment at that time. So it makes a yes. whole lot of sense. Um, so let's talk about some of our healthy habits that we can build because we all want to yeah. We wanna make our brain stronger. We wanna have a better memory. We wanna be smarter. Um, So how can we create some new habits that can, can benefit us and our brain?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I would say, um, as I just said, the the most transformative thing that you can do for your brain is to move your body. And people think, oh, God, I don't have time to go to a gym and to a really hard class. But as I said, 10 minutes of walking is uh, the minimum that you need to do to get those brain benefits. And anything that you do on top of that is just icing on the cake. So it's not that you have to become a marathoner, you have to bring more regular move into your life, including walking. I like to uh, include, you know, going to Costco. That's a huge space. Walk, walk around the whole, you know, store for for two or three times. You get a lot of steps, a lot of activity in. Um, make it fun. Uh, um, uh, uh, do it with a friend. Um, th- all of those things that bring more movement into your life will be beneficial for your brain. But I'm gonna I'm gonna add two more things to the list. Uh, the next item is meditation. So it's amazing that moving your body and staying very still and meditation have very similar benefits, not identical, but similar benefits on your brain in terms of decreasing anxiety, decreasing depression levels, um, and even prefrontal improvement has been shown both with exercise and with meditation. Uh, There again, uh, you don't have to become a monk and be silent for for the next month. Um, You start small and start with uh, 30 seconds of of quiet and just listening to your mind. Take advantage of all of those great tools out there from all the apps to now there's meditation studios that you can go to. And the third tool is something that we do every day, and that is sleep. Hmm. Sleep is so powerful for our brain, and we all know it. How do you feel after a really good night's sleep? You feel empowered. You feel transformed. And that is because during sleep is when all of the um, kind of garbage that gets uh, uh, produced by the brain gets cleaned out, to use colloquial terminology here. Um, it is so important. Uh, sleep is something that, that we we abuse in, in our own lives too much. But that is one of the easiest ways to start building up uh, better brain health and make yourself and your brain function better better every single day.
0: I like this because overwhelm for me leads to anxiety, which is what we're gonna talk about next. But what you're mentioning is not overwhelming at all. It's a little exercise, a few seconds even of meditation and then good old fashioned sleep. So I love how you're breaking this down i want to let you know about this amazing initiative that we are doing with supporting our schools it's our year-round donation and supply drive we deliver hundreds and thousands of dollars in supplies to schools in need all across new england our partners at donors choose have identified some specific projects that you can help fund so please help us out and to learn more, go to nbcboston.com schools Dr. Wendy, in your latest book, Good Anxiety, Harnessing the Power of the Most Understood Emotion, you kind of challenge people to adjust their mindset around anxiety, to turn it into something positive, to something good. How do we do that? Because also anxiety... Is one of those words i feel like that's a buzzword it's misused Mm -hmm. it's overused i see it everywhere i'm low-key anxious and all these things so um explain to us anxiety and how it is good
1: sure sure so first i want to say that anxiety is a normal human emotion everybody has it there's nothing abnormal about having anxiety everybody has it and um uh, the other key element, and the reason why I named this book Good Anxiety, is that at its core, evolutionarily, anxiety and that underlying physiological stress response that we've all experienced, we all know it all too well, that evolved to actually protect us. Protect us. Anxiety is protective. So uh, if you are a woman 2.5 million years ago, just had a baby, Anxiety is useful, because when you hear that crack of the twig, that could mean a a predator coming at you. You want to be anxious. You want to get ready to either fight the predator or run away. Hmm. Now, today, We don't have a lot of predators coming at us. And there are lots more different kinds of um, anxiety provokers that come at us every single day, which means that we, in general, are at higher levels of anxiety for longer periods of time. And so to get to that protective element of anxiety that it is, the first thing we have to learn is how to turn the volume down. On our anxiety. And we already talked about three different great ways to do that. Exercise, moving your body is a great way to decrease your anxiety. Uh, meditation, great way. Pra- the practice, the daily practice of meditation, even for a few minutes or a few seconds, is useful. Sleep, is great. There's, there's over 40 tools, science-based tools that I talk about in my book, Good Anxiety, to turn that volume down, to get it to a level where, okay, it's there, I see it. But uh, then that is where you can actually start to benefit from what I call the gifts or the superpowers of
0: anxiety. So it sounds like anyone with a pulse has... <laughs> anxiety on some level because it's important and it can protect us. So how does a person know when anxiety is is actually a disorder for them? It's so problematic that they can't, as you say, turn the volume down. What are some of the, the warnings for that?
1: that that is a great question so so anxiety we know exists on a huge spectrum again it's a normal human emotion but some have really high high levels of anxiety so that it's clinical clinical anxiety what does that mean well that is really a different beast most of us have you know everyday anxiety but clinical anxiety is that level of anxiety where you really cannot function Every day normally, you can't hold down a job, or it's significantly interfering with your job, it interferes with your relationship. This is a situation where you must go see a medical professional. The rest of us, in fact most of us, have everyday anxiety that has been heightened because of what we've all gone through. Global pandemic for the last three, three and a half years. Um, um, Global warming, uh, social media that is uh, adding to the higher levels of anxiety. And so um, I wrote the book for those of us with everyday anxiety with all these tools in it that can get that level of anxiety down to a more manageable level so that we can then jump into some of these superpowers. And you might be asking, what what superpower can come from my anxiety? Because it just feels terrible. Never going to get that terrible feeling away, but let me give you one one uh, of the most accessible superpowers that comes from your anxiety. And that is the superpower of productivity. Did you ever think that productivity can come from your anxiety? Well, it works like this. Everybody has that what if list that comes up, very common form of anxiety. What if I didn't do it, I didn't do it well enough, I didn't do it early enough, I didn't do it fast enough, and for me, it hits me right before I'm going to try and go to sleep. Well, what I've learned to do is turn that what-if list into a to-do list. I don't do it at night. I don't get up in the middle of the night and and write a to-do list. But the next morning, I still remember all those what-ifs that kept me up. And um, they 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 still come to mind. But because the next morning, I know that I'm going to write them down and I'm going to put an action on them. If I'm worried uh, about a particular project, I'll ask three people about that, get get advice about that. If I'm worried about an email that I sent, I'll ask somebody to read it or I'll rewrite it. Um, putting an action on an anxiety mm-hmm. uh, goes back evolutionarily, either fight or run away and it it really helps resolve it
0: i like it it lights the fire under us right a little anxiety if you have a deadline like deadlines are so i just wrote a book if there was no deadline Ah. therefore no anxiety that book would not be written there would have been no manuscript like someone has to get you going and that creates productivity so that is a gift um you say there are even more gifts to anxiety what are some of the other ones
1: So, you know, I have, I I write deeply about six different gifts of anxiety. Um, I I want to end with uh, my other favorite. I don't want to give all the gifts (laughs) away, uh, but let me end with my favorite. Um, gift. And this really came from exploring my own form of anxiety. And this is my oldest form of anxiety. Um, it came, you know, it developed when I was really young. I was a very shy young girl. So always shy, and uh, but I was always interested in school. And so I had uh, this battle, do I want to ask the question? I'm going to feel, I'm going to look dumb, I'm going to say something really dumb. I, I had that form of social anxiety, which is, um, which is very, very common. Um, but I was interested in academia, and one day I found myself at the front of the classroom. and Because you, know, you have to teach when you're, we go down the academic route. And um, I realized that even that very first course that I had to teach, I felt for all the students. There were the students that raised their hands and asked the questions. But I knew that there were 10 times more students in that classroom that had questions that maybe didn't want to ask them because they were too shy. They had that that same social anxiety that I had. And so I I came early. I stayed late. I made sure that all their questions got answered, maybe one on one. And I realized that that my own form of anxiety had given me this wonderful power of empathy, empathy for my own students. And this works for everybody, because all you have to do is think about your most common or oldest form of anxiety that you have. Think about what it feels like, what it looks like. You can recognize it. And then simply help somebody that you see having that same form of anxiety. I love what you did
0: there. Hey, have you subscribed for the Hubbub newsletter yet? It is full of recipes, behind-the-scenes scoop, exclusive content that you're not going to see anywhere else, not even on the show. So go to NBCBoston.com slash newsletter, drop your email, and you'll receive our newsletter every Wednesday. One of the things I was thinking of is that the butterflies, right? I've been a performer. I've been on TV for my whole mm. life, basically. And you mm. get that feeling. And I know a lot of people, it's their biggest fear to go on stage, to speak in front of a group, yes. to, you know, like you were talking about before the break. But I yes. learned that that feeling of butterflies is very similar to the feeling of excitement. Excitement mm. and yes. nervousness, almost panic yeah. and excitement, are almost the same emotion. So if you can turn yeah. your nervousness into excitement, all of a sudden yeah. now you've turned your anxiety into a superpower. Exactly. Exactly. My
1: best talks, and I'm sure your best presentations, happen when you're a little bit scared about what's going to happen. If you're in the kind of Sunday Netflix-watching mode, you're not going to give a good talk. You're not going to be a good presenter. Uh, And so knowing that and keeping that in mind, knowing that that feeling means that you are ready to give a great performance, a great talk, also, I use that same tri- trick as well. If I'm not feeling a little bit nervous, I I scare myself a little bit so that I right. you know, remind myself, this is important. I want to do well.
0: <laughs> yes, because it keeps you at the top of your game. It keeps you on your toes. If there's nothing in there, if there's no fire, yeah. you know, it's not going to be your best work. Um, exactly. So one of the things we talk about a lot on Mom to Mom um, is yeah. burnout which I think Uh, stems from overwhelm, turns into anxiety. I mean, these are all common themes here um, with moms and with people in general. Burnout is something that's avoidable though, right?
1: Uh, Sure, absolutely. Uh, And it's all about self-care, understanding your own mental, emotional, cognitive health, and paying attention to it before it gets to the point that um, you know, you, you really have no more no more control. Um, that's one of the things that I've learned, so deeply uh, writing both my books, Healthy Brain, Happy Life, and Good Anxiety, is that I have tools that I could use every day. These are tools that we've been talking about. They don't really even cost anything. Moving my body, I can do it You know, without even changing my clothes. Um, meditation, uh, um, um, or, or you can do it on online. YouTube, that's what YouTube is for. How many free meditations can you try out on YouTube? Sleep connection with friends all of these things fuel me so I can be um, I can feel good about myself and then give my best self to who you're giving it to your children, your family, your job, your your passions uh, but it really starts with you and as a neuroscientist I'm here to tell you that it starts with care for your own brain.
0: I love that. This is so exciting that we can build new brain cells, that we can build up our brain no matter what age we are just by these few simple things that we talked about today on the show. And then we can reframe anxiety and make it our superpower. So this has been very empowering. Um, Thank you so much for being here. And there's so much we didn't get to, so I invite everyone to check out wendysuzuki.com and to read your books for all the other gifts of anxiety that we didn't even get to hit. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Maria. It's such a pleasure to be here.
0: All right, my friends, let's take our anxiety, because you know it's there, and channel it into something really positive. I thought this conversation was so interesting. I was also so surprised. I mean, I don't know if this is silly, but I didn't realize that we could get new brain cells. I thought we had the ones we had, and you know, that was that, so this is good stuff. Um, Thank you so much to my guest, Dr. Wendy Suzuki, for taking a deep dive into our brains and talking about this buzzworthy topic of anxiety. Thank you all for being here. If you're in the New England area, be sure to check out mom to mom the TV show. You don't just have to listen to us. You can watch us on television the good old-fashioned way. We're on NBC10 Boston every Monday at 1130 a.m. And feel free to binge all of our episodes of Mom to Mom. There are so many great conversations with experts in pretty much every category you can possibly think of in the mom space. Uh, And you can binge that wherever you find your podcasts. Please rate, review, share, tell your friends. It's so important in the podcast world. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next time.